Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. Hour two right here. I'm Danielle Alvari here with Wes Reynolds and Vinny Maiulo. We are intently watching this no-hitter going on in the Orioles-Mariners game in the bottom of the ninth now. Just over 100 pitches for Means. Uh, attentively watching how this plays out. But since it is Wednesday and Cinco de Mayo, we want to spice things up a little bit. I call this win total Wednesday. So we're going to take a look at some win totals for some NFL teams, starting with the AFC West, who we've already touched on a little bit today. The Chargers win total sitting around nine. Broncos, eight and a half. I'm surprised to see that one up in some places. Chiefs, 12, and the Raiders, seven. So why don't we start with the Chargers here? Uh, again, as Wes mentioned, not really a bad team. All pretty competitive in this division. Well, I think, by the way, when you said Cinco de Mayo, you're going to start us off. I thought we were going to get some tequila. But I, I, guess I thought we, Jimmy we was going to bring us some margaritas oh, here from Baja Miguel's. Brian Rogers, where is he at? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers at nine. Well, we, we've talked a lot about the Chargers uh, and uh, the success we believe. Look, I, li- I like their draft, and I think that the Chargers did a great job. Uh, uh, improved themselves. They were very competitive last year. And, again, I, I look at this division – Danielle, and I think it's going to be one of the more competitive divisions mm-hmm. in uh, in the NFL this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if three teams from this division, like the AFC North last year, uh, made made the postseason, uh, particularly with an, an added game. Uh, and by the way, they'll have the added home game this year. The uh, the AFC mm. AFC teams will have uh, the benefit of the added uh, uh, extra home game. But that said, the Chargers, I think that number's right there. Uh, again, we're going to wait for the official schedule to come out. And while every opponent is known now and home and away, it's a matter of zeroing in on the sequence of those games. How many away? Just to, yeah. Exactly. How many in, in a row? Right. You know, what kind of travel is, is there going to be? Is you know, coast-to-coast type things uh, and everything. And I used a great example from a couple of years ago, and nobody knows this better than Brent Musburger, uh, where the Raiders, uh, you know, they circumnavigated the, goal, uh, the globe more than Magellan. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, look, I mean, you, you want to take that in consideration. But the Chargers, uh, I, I would start at 9 and go from there, Wes. Yeah, and I was looking at Denver here because mm-hmm. I really like – I agree with you and concur on the Chargers draft. that They're kind of universally being praised as one of the better drafts because they let the board come to them. Tom Telesco, who is the GM out there, a student, I, I'm familiar with him from his time in Indy with Bill Polian, so mm-hmm. you know he knows what he's doing. But I really like what Denver did in the draft, mm-hmm. especially yep. defensively, because what they did was they shored up a strength. You want to strengthen a strength, especially in your secondary. When you get Pat Mahomes twice a year, you better have some depth there. And they did mm-hmm. add that with Pat Sertan the second in the first round. Also got Jamar Johnson, a safety out of Indiana in the fifth round. Probably a depth guy, as a second unit guy. Kareem Jackson from the Houston Texans is going to be at strong safety. Kyle Fuller, who they got because the Bears had to make him a cap casualty. They have him at corner, Justin Simmons, also at the free safety. So a very good defense for Denver here. Now it's all going to come down to the quarterback. Is it going to be Locke? Is it going to be Bridgewater? Is it going to be potentially Aaron Rodgers? And I think you've seen that with the futures has kind of, you know, books are basically kind of covering themselves because you don't want to get exposed. You don't want to have a number out there that some sharp guy is just going to bet a limit bet with you. And then all of a sudden you got huge exposure on this. So look, it's a, it's a race to the punch here. So that's why you've seen Denver really adjusted, but 
I like Denver here, and I'll be interested to see what the Raiders do. The Raiders could be part of the Rodgers sweepstakes, but <laughs> the Raiders kind of, maybe in terms of playing the AFC North, they got two of the tougher trips. They got to go to Cleveland, yep. and they got to go to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Those are not easy trips. They also got to go to Dallas this year. So Raiders a tougher schedule here. Uh, not so not so many East Coast trips as last year, as Vinny mentioned, but. Still plenty enough. So Raiders are kind of that wild card team. I didn't think their draft was as bad as people thought. I thought maybe the guy mm-hmm. they got in the second round, they could have gotten the first round. And then yeah. the guy in the first round, they could have gotten, gotten the, the second, second yeah. round. But that's neither here nor there. We'll see what the Raiders do. The offense, I think, should be very good. But that defense still very much a work in progress. I see the Raiders seven here. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I saw them seven and a half, too. To me, I, I think I'd start the Raiders at eight and go from there. I mean, I, I just mm-hmm. I think that they did. Uh, improve themselves. Again, a very competitive division. We talked about the Chargers and Broncos. Of course, the Chiefs are there, and the Chiefs number is probably going to be around 11.5 or 12, right? So uh, project out to about 12 and a, uh, twelve uh, and 5. But Raiders, 7 might be a little low. All right. Still keeping an eye on this no-hitter. Stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. This is My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Alvari here with Wes Reynolds and Vinny Maiulo, intently watching the bottom of the ninth. Orioles Mariners no-hitter here for John Means. Just about 112 pitches now. Second out. Is that it? Yes, that is the final out. And man, look at that Orioles team celebrating for him. No hitter for John Means. He means business. Very good. Okay. Danielle. I was the, paused for reaction. The ends justify the means here. There. So uh, the ends very good of, to go along with the means here. Tenth and no hitter in Orioles franchise history. John Means gets a 6-0 win, goes the distance here. So nice job by the Orioles. They now go to one game under 500. I believe uh, John Means now is the first Oriole pitcher since Jim Palmer in 1969 wow. to throw a no-hitter. They had a combined no-no in 1991, but the first individual in over 50 years. Well done, John Means. Orioles and under. Did you say 1969? Yes. They had a pretty good staff. Were they, they did. 420 game winners. They something had some. Game? They had some guys at the plate too that were also very good. Yeah, but they were the victims of a miracle. <laughs> yes. And you remember that that well. October? Yeah, first event, I, uh, first uh, uh, baseball event I ever booked. All right. Well, great job for John Means. (laughs) You guys are talking about way before I was born. Let's bring someone in now. Uh, One of our hosts uh, here at VSIN, host of the Nightcap, actually, Tim Murray, joining us to talk a little bit more about some NFL futures. Tim, thanks for joining us. Well, we know that Jeff Parles is going to be co-hosting with me because every time he's in studio, there's a no hitter. Uh, This is now (laughs) the third time uh, that Jeff Parles will be in studio when there's a no hitter. Uh, I guess this one happens before the nightcap uh, takes place, but uh, what a performance and and what a, uh, a perfect game lost due to a drop third strike. Uh, But still uh, the third, I consider Madison Bumgarner's no hitter and no hitter. So the third no hitter of the year. 
And Tim, uh, shout out to your old friend Trey Mancini, your former yeah. co-host, uh, uh, a significant other of Mr. Mancini. And of course, he has had gone through a lot of trials and tribulations with the cancer treatments and whatnot. Three-run homer to give him insurance. He is on a tear right now, Tim. Yeah, I've got. I'm looking at it right now, Wes. It was more of a, a, a friendly gesture, but a, hey, man, uh, if I could get my 300 to one ticket on Trey to win, uh, to have the home run crown, I'd be all right with that. But uh, yeah, it, it's an incredible story, and he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he's uh, he's he's tearing it, uh, the carrot off the ball right now. Six homers on the year, hitting 252, uh, and you know, kind of like last year, guys. Um, Everyone thought this would be the worst team in baseball. I'm not saying the Orioles are going to win anything of importance, but I think more competitive than many of us believed. And uh, now that season, so would they open up the season with a sweep of the Red Sox? Yeah. The Red Sox have certainly turned things around. So uh, they're not a doormat, that's for sure. We're talking to Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap here. You can follow him at one Tim Murray. Tim, we were just talking about some NFL futures in terms of win totals. A lot of question marks on the board, not knowing what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers here. But we did just come out of the NFL draft. I know we got to talk on draft night. So remind me, how did your night finish up? How did your draft bets go? I mean, not as well as Matt Humans or <laughs> Matt Brown, but I was up, I think, uh, about 14 units, Oof. so uh, I'll I'll take it. Um, but uh, not I didn't hit any. Uh, Vinny is you know, beside himself. To, He's upset. 15, 14 I, units. I didn't hit any 33 to one long shots uh, like uh, like uh, Matt Newman's did on Trask to Tampa Bay or nine mm -hmm. to one on uh, Justin Fields to Chicago. But uh, no, no complaints from me. Very uh, very fun and uh, very uh, profitable NFL draft night. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the folks at Circa, um, we had Derek pop in studio on Thursday and Friday, and he showed us as Vinny can attest, there was a, there were big sheets of paper, Vinny with a whole lot of red. And I don't think red is a positive thing. Yeah. Well, a, a couple of things. First of all, if you were up 14 units, you, sh you, you should have your own website right now. Number one, and then number two, it a, the, the, Vinny, it's the, a the, one the, event thing. I already, I think I already gave those 14 units away. Well, listen, you're doing the Lord's work. I didn't say you, were, I was complaining about it, but the other part is, you know, when it comes to paper, Paper. The paper uh, that uh, Derek eventually got to was the same as us. It was green, so uh, but uh, and it went across the counter, and that's okay. So it's all good. Yeah, lose the battle, win the war. You can already bet on NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year odds. These odds I'm looking at are from DraftKings. Trevor Lawrence, the favorite here, three to one. Justin Fields and Trey Lance both six to one. Zach Wilson seven to one. Najee Harris up there at ten to one. Anything that interests you in this market, Tim? Yeah, uh, two, uh, Danielle, and um, we we talked about this a couple nights ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a touchdown machine, and mm -hmm. I know uh, that no tight end has won offensive rookie of the year since 1961. That was Mike Ditka, mm -hmm. uh, but he's not a normal tight end. The league has evolved, and uh, we had Steve Weiss from the NFL Network on last night, and it was a bit surprising. He he felt like. Uh, the Julio Jones trade is going to happen at some point. Um, and, and I just look at, uh, at, at the odds for, for Kyle Pitts is intriguing to me. It's not a massive long shot, uh, but I think the red zone uh, just uh, capabilities of, of Kyle Pitts, you know, guys, last year he had 12 touchdowns on just 43 receptions at Florida. He was tr Kyle Trask's safety valve in the end zone. He's a mismatch nightmare. And uh, once again, the way the league's going, when you look at how Travis Kelsey, uh, how 
uh, George Kittle have have really transformed that tight end position. And anyone you talk to that knows that position, he has been evaluated as you know the best tight end in in decades. Since, Some are uh, saying a generational talent. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, that was uh, part of your bingo card there, Danielle. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think I think Matt Brown hit that one first in the evening. <laughs> hey. um, but uh, yeah, that intrigues me. And then a little bit of a long shot. I like Javante Williams. Mm. Uh, Denver sought him out. Uh, they went up, traded for him. I know uh, Wes was just talking about the the, uh, the draft that the Broncos had. Um, he's going to be the bell cow. You don't trade up to go get a running back. We saw it last year with Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. He got off to a slow start, uh, but he was an early second round pick and ended up with over 1,100 rushing yards. And I think Javante Williams would be a guy they really rely on. And as we've seen, guys, because there were so many notable offensive players selected early in this draft, you can get players like Javante Williams right now at 33 to one to win offensive rookie of the year. So uh, for a longer shot, I'm intrigued by Javante Williams, but uh, yeah, I, I, the Kyle Pitts uh, fascination is there for me at 11 to one, you know, the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, obviously Lawrence fields and, and Lanson uh, and Wilson, right? They're shorter, but you know, they've still got to come into the league. You know, when you look right. at like to Tim's point with Pitts, you've got an experienced quarterback in Ryan there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, so he's more familiar with with the offense and the tight end. The way the league has developed, uh, you, you're looking for a price and at eleven to one, that's certainly better. I, you just don't you don't even know if, if some of these outside of Lawrence are they are the rest of these guys going to be the starter? Exactly, right? right? I mean, that's that's the other part of it. Wilson probably or you know very likely, but you just don't know. Uh, uh, if 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 a Lance or a Fields in particular are going to be the uh, the starters from uh, from opening day as well, and uh, yeah, and I think you look too. Ahead, Tim, uh, I think that's a great point, and and you bring look at Jamar Chase too at eleven to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen wide receivers win this award. Now the last two rookies of the year on the offensive side of the ball were were quarterbacks, and and Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. But the caveat to Kyler Murray. He would not have won the award if Josh Jacobs didn't get hurt. Josh Jacobs was the right. runaway to win that award, mm-hmm. and then he missed the final three games of the regular season, and Kyler Murray played well. He got Offensive Rookie of the Year. So uh, you can see non-quarterbacks win this award, kind of unlike the MVP, which has turned into a really a quarterback-driven award. You can see Offensive Rookie of the Years be some other position than quarterback. We saw Alvin Kamara win it. Todd Gurley won it. Odell Beckham won it. Uh, so it's not always a quarterback. There's a reason they're the favorites, but you can see running backs and and, and wide receivers uh, win this award. Mm-hmm. Tim, uh, enough of the offense talk. Let's go to defense here. I'm I'm uh, more of an under player, so I always prefer defense, even though I've had to kind of flip the script over the years with these high-scoring games. But nevertheless, defensive rookie of the year odds, a little bit more wide open this year, not really a consensus, even though Micah Parsons, 4-1, to going to take over for the retired Sean Lee down there in Dallas. Uh, Tim, are you going to your uh, Notre Dame brethren here with Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa? Yeah, I mean, he could uh, pick up another piece of hardware, Butkus Award winner, and now uh, into a, a really good situation. My worry is the scheme fit. Um, you know, we we heard the reports during draft night. Well, people are worried about where he's going to fit because uh, just he's, you know, kind of that tweener position. So at 14 to one, I think it's intriguing. Uh, I'm a little frustrated. We talked about this guy on our show uh, two nights ago. He was 12 to one. 
And uh, I'm not going to take credit for it, but he's now nine to one. Uh, and that's Jamin Davis. Uh, Jamin Davis, he comes in. And I think back to Darius Leonard two years ago, guys, when he won rookie of the year in Indianapolis, he had 163 tackles. And I think Jamin Davis going into a situation in Washington where he is now the fifth first round pick in their front seven. So they have a ton of talent up front. And I think that'll allow him to just fly around and make plays. And you think about who his coaches are. Ron Rivera, former linebackers, had plenty of success with linebackers in Carolina, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, and his defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, also a linebacker. So I feel like they sought out Jamin Davis to get him at number 19. They're going to plug and play and make him a starter. And guys, last year, the leading tackler for Washington was John Bostick. And no offense to an undrafted free agent in John Bostick. Uh, you get a first-round talent now to fly around in that linebacker core. I just think volumes of tackles are are very possible there. Uh, and then you could always look at, you know, edge rushers. You know, what is a guy like Gregory Rousseau going to do in Buffalo? Is that an opportunity for him to come in on third downs and just try to wreak havoc? I think that's a possibility there uh, with him in Buffalo. And then Asante Samuel Jr. We, I know you guys talked about the Chargers a little bit and the success mm -hmm. they had in the draft and how uh, applauded they have been. Uh, if he's a ball hawking corner, uh, he was at 41. And now he's down to 25 to one. So he's, uh, I think he's a little intriguing as well. Uh, there at 25 to one. And I think when you look at uh, some of these selections, and I love Tim's breakdown, probably look at Sertan as well, right in Denver at 12 to one. If you're looking for uh, another price, who's got some other good components around him uh, that that'll help uh, make them a better? You know, we look at always about. Who's going to help uh, be, be an offensive player become impactful? Who's going to help a defensive player as well? And there's some good defenses out there that add some really good parts. Sertan out of Alabama, which is, as you know, again, playing in the best college conference against the, uh, the best co uh, competition as well. Tim, any plays that you're particularly excited for tonight on your docket? Um. Yeah, not not a ton. I mean, I'm curious about the Wizards. Uh, I like the spot a little bit mm -hmm. uh, for Washington against uh, Milwaukee. We know where the Wizards are right now in desperation mode to try to get into the postseason. And, uh, you know, I see one spot in town down to three and a half uh, for this game. And uh, I, I look at the first half a little bit. I took a bite at Washington plus two in the first half against Milwaukee because, you know, guys, think about what Milwaukee just had, right? Mm -hmm. Sunday. They beat Brooklyn in a thriller. Giannis mm -hmm. goes crazy. Then they had the day off. They do it again yesterday, have that 18 to one run in the fourth quarter. And now you have to turn around and face what is kind of an annoying team in Washington, right? They've been playing exceptionally well. Uh, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook are just putting up numbers and they're in that 10th spot pretty comfortably, but I think they certainly would like to rise as much as they can. And if you just look at even when Washington was struggling this year, uh, they snuck out some big time wins. They beat Brooklyn twice early on in the year when they were really struggling. So I, I look at maybe riding a hot hand in Milwaukee in a, in a possible you know, let down spot after back-to-back -back wins over Brooklyn. Uh, my biggest question, though, about backing Washington tonight, uh, taking the four points, would just be 
who's stopping Giannis? I mean, if Giannis wants to get his, he'll get his. But we also saw this Washington team put up 154 points. Uh, they, they don't really care about defense. They're like the Portland of the East. They, they'll just let you score, <laughs> but they'll score right there with you. Uh, so I would look at taking the points with Washington and maybe even a little bit on the money line uh, just because – I'm just curious where Milwaukee's head's going to be at after a sweep of Brooklyn. Yeah, and that's why the game is four. It's low, right? It looks when you look at this matchup. Yeah. Initially, it looks low, but also the Wizards have won and covered eleven of the last thirteen as well. And so, you're also spot. getting a discount yeah. here because Chris Middleton is not going to go for Milwaukee. Yep. So I was looking at that line this morning mm-hmm. with Brady on Lombardi line and saying, "Okay, this is only four. This is only three and a half. This might mean Giannis sits on mm-hmm. the back to back, or somebody's going to be out for Milwaukee." And clearly, it's Chris Middleton, but I like where Tim's head is at in terms of the situational spot. And it's funny that you bring up the Wizards, Tim, because when we talk about them on primetime action, Gil always talks about, isn't that the team that you want to avoid in the play-in? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look in that that play-in situation, Danielle, I mean, they just put up, what, 154 points in Indiana, and Indiana is a disaster, all the reports coming out there. I, I think it's pretty safe to say Washington will have a good chance of jumping the Pacers and at least hosting that 9-10 game. And then, yeah, if you're Boston, if you're Charlotte, if you're Miami, uh, you don't want to face that team. In a one-off situation, uh, you don't want to face the Wizards. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, as a D.C. guy, uh, which it almost makes me cringe thinking of of how I'm uh, positively I'm thinking of this Wizards team. But right now, I mean, this is a team that I expected to be a playoff team because that's what Russell Westbrook can do. But at the end of the day, they're not going to win anything of meaning, but they're yeah. a hell of they're a lot of fun to watch right now. Well, thanks so much to Tim Murray. Make sure you check out the nightcap tonight. You can follow him on Twitter at one Tim Murray. Thanks, Tim. All right, guys. Talk to you Thanks, soon. Tim. Thank you, Tim. All right. Wizards game tonight. 1-800-10-WINS. He called my home state a disaster. He right. meant the Pacers are a disaster. Indiana is Did he, a, though? not a disaster. Did he, Wes? All right. Stick with us. We'll talk MLB back on My Guys in the Desert. <laughs> VEASAN experts are covering every sport on the board this spring to find the best bets every day, and now is a great time to invest in your long-term betting success. We provide all the tools you need to make your most informed bet every time, even if that means telling you not to make a bet. Our 24-7 video coverage, data, and analysis on vcin.com, daily members-only best bet emails, and in-depth coverage of every major event in Point Spread Weekly is designed to improve your sports success year-round so your bankroll lasts longer and you can increase your sports betting IQ. Learn from our experience and put our team to work for you today with our vcin 10-day free trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. This is My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Alvari here with Wes Reynolds and Vinny Maiulo. Let's update the MLB action. We did just see that Orioles marriage. Mariners game wrap up with the no hitter by Orioles ace John Means also going on right now Giants at the Rockies that's in the top of the six the Rockies are up I believe six to two 
Yes, yes, they are currently top of the six. John Gray still on the mound for the Rockies here. 88 pitches, five and a third, two earned runs, two walks, but seven strikeouts. So Colorado has been above 500 bunch at Coors Field. Not so much on the road, though. And we're trying to figure out what's going on at this Mets Cardinals game right now. Uh, okay, so baseball, the just a. Uh, elite and having the most confusing rules so Vinny I'm going to toss it to you on this one for the explanation uh, the there was a review yes all right a replay review as to how many mound visits is that correct and one of them was by the interpreter for Kim the pitcher uh, on St. Louis and it didn't count as a mound as as, as a uh, as a trip to the mound is that's that a cool loophole yeah so here's what I think Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what I recommend. Yes. I told this to Wes. I think the Mets, they should, first of all, I'm gonna just send an interpreter out. I'll send my Uncle Emilio out <laughs> every inning. Take a free visit, right? Nobody's got to talk Italian anyway. It doesn't matter. He just went out. He's, everybody just stand in. When he comes out, everybody just goes, you nod, and you get a free visit. Well, I don't think you need to go to the mound to speak Italian because you can do all the gestures, yeah, You could right? do that, but that's what I'm saying. As long as he's doing this, right, they're going to know. I mean, I can't, but really, now we had to have a review. And now the catcher, Nizner, or Nisner, rather, is uh, shaken up here, a trainer visit out there. So currently where we're at here, by the way, in the game, top of the fourth here, two to nothing Cardinals. Sacks are packed for James McCann, who is going to come up with bases loaded and nobody out. Mitch might be a dog to score. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess when you fired two, your two hitting coaches, uh, that's actually a pretty good bet. I'm just saying. All right, you guys know I love to bet the no run in the first inning. I've been on a hot streak with those lately. I have a couple of them going on, and we have more games coming up later. Braves at Nationals, one of those. It's going to start just about after this show. Uh, Max Freed returning from IL uh, versus Eric Fede. $1.32, the Braves uh, up about uh, seven cents off the opener total on the game, sitting at now nine. So they've uh, bet the Braves and over just uh, uh, for the most part today. And the uh, Braves, plus a quarter on the run line. This is one of those I kind of usually like to stay away from, though, because Max Freed, who is a very good pitcher, off to a very rough start, though, this season. This is one I usually kind of like to stay away from when it's the first start off the DL or the injured list. So mm -hmm. usually that's a price where I guess uh, you can maybe pick on him. But... Eric Fetty's not the guy necessarily. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, I don't want to besmirch the former UNLV Rebel baseball player, but if you look at the numbers, they just aren't very good right now in terms of last year he was at 541 ERA, 522 on the XFIP, only struck out five batters per nine innings. That is very low. He is prone to the home run ball. He is a sinker ball guy, but the ball is not sinking. And that's a problem when you're a sinker pitcher <laughs> and opponents hitting 367 against it, 42 on the Waba. So you've got powerful guys in that Braves lineup, Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, Albies. Not a very good spot necessarily for Fetty tonight, but also with Max Freed, I think he's going to get positive regression at some point, but I don't want to do it first time off the injured list. Have the Braves kind of underperformed straight up 13 and 16 so far? I would say, I think, you know, they, they get hit. Their pitching has not been uh, particularly good, but uh, they get off to a bad start. Mm -hmm. They tried, it looked like they were, they've been very streaky so far. But again, right. I, I still think that, uh, you know, when healthy, the Braves are, are the team to beat in the, in the National League East, which is a very competitive. Also, Juan Soto not in the lineup yeah. for the Nationals, so that might have been at least part of the move on the Braves tonight.
All right. Well, we have obviously some more MLB coming up. Do we have an update on this Mets Cardinals game? Yeah, there's another review. <laughs> We've got two tonight. We're playing in the two same in St. Louis, guys. Come yeah. on now. Yep. There's still there's a review as to whether or not there was interference. I think. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah. There it is. I told you they were dog to score. Too many translators in the kitchen. <laughs> All right. Stick with us. We have more MLB. We're gonna get to coming up next right here on My Guys in the Desert. You can start winning with the up to the second info you need. We're here on My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari, Wes Reynolds, and Vinny Maiulo. More MLB to get into. We just talked about Braves Nationals. Wes said maybe staying away just because Max Breed returning from the IL. But also going on, Brewers at the Phillies. That's at 405 Pacific. Freddie Peralta versus former Brewer chase anderson now philly won the first two games in this series by one run also christian yelich back on the il with recurring back issues what do you think of this matchup wes yeah and uh you're seeing milwaukee in that dollar 30 range i'm just checking the uh lineups actually as we speak i, mm-hmm. I believe bryce got downgraded to doubtful yeah. and he's actually going to miss tonight so mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing i think the the line really stay where it is brewers have done a good job this year with their pitching staff has really had to carry them with yelich out of the lineup lorenzo kane is now back but this is not a team that's hit very well. The real big move on this game has actually been to the under. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half, now seeing seven and a half in the market. Small lean to Milwaukee, but with not much conviction. Yeah, so pretty uh, pretty much the same. I mean, right, we're at 33. It's 33. I think we're between 30 and 35 here. So uh, not a lot of action on the game. It's not even really two-way, especially uh, with Yelich and Harper not being in the lineup tonight. But to Wes's point, from eight to seven and a half. You're seeing a more pronounced difference, too, yeah. in the first five on this game because Peralta has been mm-hmm. very good. So I think right here at the South Point, it's forty. actually oh. the market low, and you're seeing fifty in the market. So a lot of people may be playing the Brewers that way with yep. Peralta. Chase Anderson, 540 ERA, 514 on the X-Step. Is Yelich being out going to be a big hit for the Brewers? They've been doing well so far, even though they've lost mm-hmm. a couple games, 17 and 13. They were 17 and 10, so they've lost a few in a row. But eventually they need him to get back. But they've been doing okay without him. Uh, certainly need their full strength. The pitching, Corbin Burns had those great numbers to start the season and then kind of regressed in his last start. So pitching staff definitely having to carry it. And obviously the bullpen. We talk about how many bad bullpens there are in baseball. The Brewers is really one of the better ones with Josh Hader. We also have Dodgers Cubs going on. They've already faced off two times. There was a double header for them. Uh, 4.40 p.m. Pacific time start. Walker Bueller and Albert Alzdole. Did I say that right, Wes? Yes. Okay. Good. Put a little uh, spice on it for Cinco de Mayo. I like betting on Bueller usually. What do you think of him so far? Uh, He's been pretty solid, even though his velocity was down in the spring. So there was a lot of concern in Dodger land in terms of uh, how he's going to do. I love it. Bring the price down. He has been very because he has had some bad starts in previous seasons. Then he kind of gets right as the season goes along. This is a big number, though, for for the Dodgers to lay. And their bullpen has kind of been middle of the road. The Dodgers with Kenley Jansen kind of gives you a lot of scares, always seems to put a runner on. 
Ron very rarely gets a one, two, three, ninth inning. Cubs starting to hit a little bit better. A lot of guys have not played to their potential yet. Bryant and Contreras have been very good, but mm-hmm. Javi Baez, Jock Peterson, David Bote have not been so good, but the Cubs kind of starting to figure it out. Alzale has actually been very good if you look at his numbers. 471 ERA, but 352 on the XFIP. So he might be able to go deeper into this game tonight. I kind of thought this was a high price. I haven't played the Cubs, but... That's a little bit of a high price, I think, for Bueller on the road here. Uh, a little bit, of, yeah, more uh, Cubs uh, money here. We did open at 70, got down to 58. So a uh, little move, a little, uh, little bit of money for the Dodgers here again. No Bellinger, Cubs swept yesterday, uh, swept the Dodgers yesterday uh, in Wrigley. And after that great start, right, everybody mm-hmm. was, you know, looking, looking at the Dodgers. Oof, tell you what. All of a sudden, just three games over 500. Very not, human. Not panicking yet in Chavez Ravine. No. But... 17 and 14, it was like, okay, there was talk of, oh, this team's going to win 115, 120 games. Mm-hmm. Well, then the baseball season happens, and yep. you just don't see that. They got to that first series uh, with the uh, the Padres right now, three and four against the Padres. And uh, things have been with May, the injury to May. Again, uh, no uh, no Bellinger tonight. They've had some injuries. So the Dodgers have some things to, to figure out. Dollar sixty right now and seven and a half. Highest win total, obviously, in the MLB as well, yeah. but lots of games left for them to get those wins. Pre-game total here sitting at 7.5 and, and juiced a little to the under, so expecting a low-scoring game here? Might have the wind blowing in yeah. because, mm-hmm. obviously, with yeah. Wrigley Field totals, if people don't know, those are usually set last. You yep. usually won't get to bet a total in a Cubs game at Wrigley in the overnight, nope. so it's going to be in the morning because you got to see what wind that direction is blowing, so that's why you never get those totals in the overnights whichever way the wind blows you right we'll see how that plays out uh rays angels also going on tonight that's got a 6 38 p.m start again pacific time on that andrew kittredge versus shohei otani hopefully he's feeling better a little bit of a weird start last week when they pulled him uh but hopefully feeling better and inching his way to 10 home runs already yeah, Angels, uh, Wes, just going back and forth here, right? Twenty twenty-five, mm-hmm. right now sitting at a dollar twenty-two, eight and a half over favored. Um, you know what? But the race again, rebuild? No, just just retool, mm-hmm. right? They just figure out ways to stay relevant and stay competitive. They're scrappy. Uh, yeah, they, they find are. ways to win. Dangerous team, and again. Uh, they uh, they've had some success uh, with the Angels, and again, you just every time you think the Angels are making that move, quote unquote, mm-hmm. they they slip again. It is going to be an opener tonight, one of those yeah. vintage Kevin Cash bullpen games for the Tampa Bay Rays. Andrew Kittredge probably going to go like one and two thirds, maybe even two innings tonight, and then a bullpen kind of a a by committee effort really for the Rays. Rays tonight, it looks like Zunino, Manuel Marco, and Randy Arazarena. Hey, Arazarena. <laughs> ah! Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Los Del Rio got nothing on us uh, doing no. the Macarena here, but they are going to likely be out tonight due to rest for the lineup. Lineup's not out yet in Angel Stadium, but like Vinny said, pretty much even split, it looks like, on this game, judging by the market. Don't have to worry about the weather so much at Angel Stadium. It's in Southern California. Pre-game total there, eight and a half. Um, also, update right now, Cardinals still up on the Mets, but the Mets have got on the board now two to one. So maybe the reviews helped them there? It took them Fielder's... three and a half hours to score one run, Vinny. Fielder's choice. <laughs> Should have been a double play. True. Yeah. Um, any other MLB action for you guys tonight? 
Just no. looking back and forth. As you here, know, I uh, have too many. Ben I, Wilson was just asking me how many bets I said, and I said, "Do you want to know how many bets I have tonight, or do you want to know how many no-run first inning bets I have?" Because those are. I do have the, the over number. in the Yankees game tonight. I think these pitchers, Garcia and Montgomery, mm -hmm. probably not going to go very deep in the game. Mm -hmm. Astros used full four relievers last night. We did like the Yankees yesterday, and they got there. So. Price is about right here on Montgomery, but I like the over better at nine if you can get that juice to the over. Yeah, we just uh, we went to nine and a half on this game, and again, uh, Yankees. Uh, it's actually been two-way action, but again, very uh, very quietly. They had that rough start, but they've won six of seven. So, may look at the over there. Stick with us. NBA talk coming up next on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back in with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options. BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Colorado, 1-800-522-4700 in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117 in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500 and in Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This is My Guys in the Desert. We're wrapping up the last part of the second hour here. Danielle Alvari with Wes Reynolds and Vinny Maiulo. Let's look at the NBA action going on tonight, starting with Spurs at Jazz. A little bit of playoff implications going on now. Utah is currently playing for the top seed in the Western Conference, while San Antonio is fighting for a spot in the play-in. What do you think of this matchup tonight? Well, I mean, the Jazz have to uh, – uh, they want to try to write. They haven't been as consistent uh, really in the last week and a half mm -hmm. as has Phoenix, right? I mean, they had a two-game two lead over them, and now they're tied. So mm -hmm. uh, this game holding steady at six and a half. The Spurs, listen, this, is, this team has been banged up, and they've been very streaky. I mean, they've got four straight losses. Uh, no Donovan Mitchell and Connolly. They're still out Just for the Jazz. I mean, yeah. and the Jazz—they beat the Spurs and they covered one ten to ninety-nine on Monday. So, this is a, this is a, a, a playback game here, uh, and I think it's it's a game where the you know Spurs are fighting for their lives, but the Jazz can't get uh, can't afford to look ahead here, Wes. Yeah, I wasn't sure where to go here, and if you're a trend player, which I am really not in terms of ATS records, Jazz twenty-one and eleven at home against a number this season, but the Spurs on the road, best in the NBA. 21 9 and 1 yeah. Ooh, San Antonio intrigued. really fighting hard here they are not they are unlike a lot of NBA teams right now in the fact that they are not shooting a lot of three balls over the last 15 games San Antonio and you watch every night seeing these NBA games these guys just let it fly from three it's just drive and kick spread pace and space spread it out shoot as many threes as you can in this modern NBA but San Antonio only averaging 
27 three-point attempts. Now, I know that seems like a lot, but that's actually a small number Mm -hmm. in the modern NBA. That's second last over the last 15 games, but they've still been efficient. DeMar DeRozan is more of a driver. He is now back in the lineup, but Derek White, their third leading scorer, is out. So you would think that the Spurs would be kind of that classic under team because they take more twos than they do threes, but it really has not been the case. So lean a little bit to the over here, 218.5, 219. I think it's 218.5 here at the South Point. Mm -hmm. I think the spread is about right at seven. Obviously, there's some six and a half in the market, including right here at the South Point. Yeah. Also going on tonight, Knicks at Nuggets. The Nuggets uh, are also looking to move up in the Western Conference playoff standings. They already clinched their playoff burst, so that's good. They're all set there. Denver, the fourth seed, which means they would be playing the Mavs in the first round, but they're only a half a game out of third place, which is currently occupied by the Clippers. So seems like more on the line for the Nuggets here. Yeah, probably. I mean, the Knicks, they remain hot, right? I mean, they've won covered 12 uh, of, of their last 13, so making uh, making a push to get to that postseason. Game toggling, I use that for uh, humans out there. Uh, oh, we so. almost made it a whole show, Vinny. No, but I, had to, I, had to, I had to make it. I was worried. Okay, I'm glad you got it in. Get, get humans uh, fixing. Uh, toggling back and forth between the Nuggets has three and a half and four point favorites, so two fourteen and a half. That's not uh, really that uh, that much off the uh, uh, off the opener uh, at 15. So uh, right there, it's uh, again. I, I think there'll be more Knicks money in this game just by virtue of their current form right now, Wes. And with Denver, of course, uh, a lot of injuries in mm-hmm. the backcourt. We know Jamal Murray out for the season. P.J. Dozier not going to go tonight either. Will Barton and Monty Morris has been out. But it hasn't really hurt the Denver Nuggets. Nine and two over their last 11 games this year behind likely MVP Nikola Jokic. But I want to find a spot, guys, to kind of fade the Knicks because I think eventually there's going to be a, maybe a little regression to the mean. But I just it's tough to find one when they're 12 and yep. one over their last 13. You got a Denver team that's a little bit shorthanded in the backcourt. That's mm-hmm. why I think you're seeing actually the dog get a lot more casual player money than you normally would. So I want to get in front of the Knicks, but uh, there haven't been many good spots to do so. So sometimes when you got a streak like that, as betters, we kind of get stubborn. We want to find a way to get in front of the streak. And it's like, maybe I just need to get out of the way of the truck and, you know, stay on the sidewalk and go ahead and let that streak end and let nature take its course there. So I'm not going to get in front of the Knicks here, even though I think at some point you're going to find a spot to fade him. Might not be tonight, though. And you mentioned Jokic, the presumed MVP. He's at minus 2,000 odds on DraftKings right now to win that award. But also most improved player, Julius Randle, an even bigger favorite at minus 5,000. And he should. He and should and kind of the guy that yeah. gets the raw end of the deal actually is his teammate, R.J. Barrett, mm-hmm. yeah. who has also been very improved this year. But Julius Randle's really taken his game to another level. And I remember when he was dealt there, it was kind of like when he was dealt there, the Knicks were obviously a much worse team because that's the thing in the NBA. Even bad teams somebody always scores on a bad team eventually Danielle so that was kind of Julius Randle's role but Tom Thibodeau has got these guys playing defense uh, and really has these guys buying in Knicks it seemed like all season long were like a game over 500 game under 500 game Mm -hmm. over game under Mm -hmm. well now they're nine games over 500 and they're trying maybe to get home court in the first round of the playoffs they're right there I think for that four seed battle with the Atlanta Hawks so Knicks still have a lot to play for I'm not going to get in front of him here sometimes the best bet is the, is one, the one you not don't made, made. Never a wise heard man it. once told me that once Vinny. <laughs> Never heard and now another it. wise man reiterates it <laughs>
What about the Celtics and Magic also going on tonight? Tristan Thompson and Jalen Brown, no go for the Celtics tonight. Boston is currently half a game out of the top six in the East and currently seated in the play-in tournament here. You know, it's interesting you say about no Jalen Brown, right? But all, they, all the folks are doing, they just keep laying the Celtics. We just went to 12 and a half. Well, we saw what the Suns this. did last night. Yeah, I mean, look at this game from 10 and a half, 11. We were, it was 11 when we came on the air at 3 o'clock Pacific. Uh, and now up to 12 and a half. We know, no Ross and Porter again for the Magic. But I got to tell you, not much D lately for the Celtics. This total, uh, that, and I think that speaks to the total, mm-hmm. West now being at 220 and yeah, a half, up I a think few that points. That's probably the right move yeah. here. You mentioned Ross and Porter. No Chuma Okike, the rookie out of Auburn, mm-hmm. is going to be out for Orlando. James Ennis, the third, MCW, Michael Carter Williams. And we know they've been kind of the walking wounded all year, and Orlando mm-hmm. was a big seller at the deadline, sold Vucevic, Aaron Gordon. Uh, so Orlando kind of just playing out the string here. I don't really want to lay 12 on the road. I usually don't like to lay double digits on the road in the NBA at all. And look, we kind of saw that last night. Phoenix got kind of a lucky cover Mm -hmm. at Cleveland, but I don't think you really get rich long-term laying double digits on the roads (laughs) in the NBA. So I'm not going to do that. If I play this though, I don't disagree with the move on the total because obviously Orlando, not very deep. So it's kind of like, okay, we're just going to run and we're just going to play our game. And I could see the Celtics being willing participants to run up and down the floor. Another game going on tonight, Blazers at Cavs. The Cavs just dealing with a plague of injuries right now, having to deal with that Suns loss, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the Blazers also have not been having, you know, a real smooth go of things lately. What do you think of this matchup tonight for the Blazers and the Cavs? Looks like Lillard is going to go, Wes, if you want to update that. Sounds I mean, he's, like uh, he's, yeah. he's probably with that, uh, with that sore foot. I mean, you know, obviously the team in better form. Blazers closing out the, the uh, last game of a six-game road trip here, but the Cavs playing things out. For, I mean, lost, they haven't won or covered. Uh, but one game over the uh, over the last 12. And this, this is a number that continues to climb, too. Another road favorite in double digits, 11 up to 12. And the total coming down now to 227 off the uh, 229 high it was. Darius Garland not going to go for Cleveland tonight. But one thing I will say, this is be, be a little bit careful or gun-shy if you want to lay this on the road because this is the last game of a six-game road trip for Portland. Mm-hmm. They're already 4-1. and one. So when you get four wins out of six on an East Coast road mm-hmm. trip, that is a successful road trip any way you slice it. So, you know, maybe you don't get that top effort from Portland. And keep in mind, they are battling for the Lakers to, to kind of stay yeah. in that sixth spot and not mm-hmm. have to play in that seven versus eight and then that play-in type scenario. So they've got a big game on Friday night with the Lakers uh, up at the uh, Moda Center in Portland uh, with them coming in. So I don't know if I'd really want to lay this number. I don't know if I want any part of Cleveland after last night, what we saw in overtime. I think betters are going to be afraid to go ahead and bet these guys after what they saw. You think you got 12 and a half in pocket in a five-minute OT period, and you lose by 16. So you're probably not going to get a lot of love for the Cavs tonight, but Mm -mm. Blazers in a tough scheduling spot, I think. Two 12-point spreads here. If you had to, I know you don't want to take either of these games, but if you had to lay the points with either the Celtics versus the Magic tonight, or that he's already cringing at having to answer this, or the Blazers at the Cavs, who would you rather lay 12 points with? Boston. 
Boston, okay. Yeah, because I just that scheduling spot for Portland, I just mm-hmm. don't like that spot. You've got the Lakers coming in. You want to go ahead and send these dudes to the play-in game and make LeBron James uh, cry some more crocodile tears with this new play-in format that he was uh, <laughs> not very happy about, but didn't say anything about it the first four or five months of the season. Yeah, interesting <laughs> timing on that one. Uh, we also have 76ers and Rockets going on tonight. At this point, what are the Sixers playing for? Well, they're too clear of the Nets now uh, mm-hmm. in the in the East, so I think that's uh, that's important. They're healthy, and uh, look, I mean, here, here's the thing: the Rockets. You don't want to here's a, you, you don't want to look ahead either, right? I right. mean, the Rockets are, are beat up. Uh, they, they've won one game in their last eight. Wood is probable tonight, even with all the injuries they've got. Uh, so, you know, you talk about a spot here, you know, on the road in uh, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to tell you, this is 14 and a half. Look at these. I mean, look at these road favorites, Wes. 14 mm-hmm. and a half, 221. So the total coming down, uh, but the number continues to go up. Last game of the road trip for Philly, too, yeah. before they go home on Friday night and get a little bit of a home stand. And also the risk with Philadelphia. Joel Embiid can always be a late scratch, even though it's not on a back-to-back tonight. So, buyer beware. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on My Guys in the Desert. We'll be back tomorrow pending any injuries or a late scratch or anything like that. We'll see you tomorrow right here on My Guys in the Desert.